Hey fellow fraud fighters, a big welcome to the Seon Cat and Mouse Show, where we'll look to get into the mindset, thinking and learnings of the hardest working group of heroes we know, the fraud fighting professional. And on alternative shows, we'll dive into the opposite world of current or ex-fraudsters to get a real insight into what's driving them to do what they do. And ultimately, we'll be trying to best work out who's the real cat and mouse here. So welcome everyone to a special episode on the Say on Cat and Mouse podcast. As with alternate shows, today we have a sensitive conversation with what we're going to call Anonymous G. Uh, so this is a active fraudster that we've sourced uh, from the dark web. And we've specifically asked Anonymous G to focus in on a topic around two-factor authentication checks and what their view is on that technology and how they look at it as a potential roadblock to them exploiting their target. Um, so first of all, Anonymous G, um, thank you for taking a little bit of time to come talk to us. Nice to meet you and thanks for the opportunity. So Anonymous G, um, I know you're particularly active in a number of uh, different spaces. You target financial institutions, you target, uh, I think when you spoke earlier, you target e-tailers. One thing we're seeing a lot more of is we're seeing a lot more of 2FA, two-factor authentication, a one-time password. Maybe just before we go into uh, how you approach those potential fraud technologies, um, can you just in a sentence explain to the audience uh, what those are? Is that possible? These are security measures to avoid attacks and unauthorized access to someone's online profile or account. As we all know, passwords are just not enough to protect someone's account. Passwords are being hacked in leaks. These passwords are being reused to attempt accounting attacks. So how companies circumvent this problem is to set up notification method by sending out an email or an SMS to your phone number that includes a link or one-time password. Wonderful, wonderful. And let's break those down into two steps. Um, So with 2FA, where it essentially needs a, what's called a second factor of authentication. Now, if we use the the EU PSD2 kind of definition of this, uh, this is where We mandate in the EU two out of three things. Uh, Something you know, which is classically the password, which is, as we've discussed, not the most uh, secure option. Uh, Something you you have, which classically is a cell phone or mobile phone in your uh, possession. And then uh, number three, something you are. So we'll get to that later, the biometric element uh, of it as well. On the other side, one-time password, OTP. So classically, we've all had it where we sign up for a new service online and we receive a text to our designated mobile number. Um, Let's start with that. How do you view the security um, and blocker of needing to fulfill a one-time password? Do you see that as a big hindrance, Anonymous G? I would say it makes it harder to perform those activities and it's much harder just to reuse someone's passwords. The question in the beginning was phishing attacks, which is an old method of calling the carrier and basically stealing someone's items and using their identity and then acting like him on the phone, saying that you lost your SIM card or you're out of the country and you need to redirect SMS and phone calls. Due to the lack of poor adjudication from the companies, this was a way to some really big fraudulent attacks on many of the online businesses out there. So definitely that's something that companies are being more cautious about and try to do some extra step and verification of the real SIM card holder. However, there are still several methods to steal someone's password, and basically these are related to the phishing attack. So the phishing attacks can also mitigate the extra verification steps, multi-factor authentication, which are implemented by the different online sites. So what you do is to fool the real account holder to think into purchasing some service, which requires to be specific OTP. 
Then you do real-time scraping, that specific passcode or code which they receive via SMS or email like that on mobile apps. Maybe then the process I can use to use that OTP and retrieve that scraping to access without it being someone's profile. So that's been on around for quite a while now, and some businesses actually add some more measures. For example, when you actually purchase something after accessing that account or depositing or withdrawing while they actually do one more round of verification, they actually send another email saying explicitly that you are trying to withdraw money to an account or trying to wire money somewhere. So definitely, it makes it much harder, but many businesses don't do that. They don't even do any kind of multi-step verifications, or they only do the registration or only do the actual login if the account seems high risk. Some businesses actually have different algorithms within their platform, which checks someone's, let's say, IP address or ISP or the browser profile, and they are very sophisticated JavaScript phishing attacks. They can actually steal your browser profile. They can know what your browser says about zigzags and what kind of hardware you're using. They know your IP address. They know you're in that service provider. So they can actually set up a profile of your browser, which looks very similar. They might not even force your attempt to log in and go through the two to a multi-step verification method. But in case they do, what criminals do is, as I said, to real time. Also, with a phishing login, real time. Send a pop-up to the account holder who is the victim, and when they enter this OTP on the phishing site, and then as a process, then real time scrape the account, and that won't be OTP and get access to the profile. You even mentioned something uh, even simpler than that earlier around um, the growth of these native apps that you can download, which are kind of used for great purposes, which can literally generate these virtual numbers where you're able to supply that to the service you're signing up for, and thus you receive um, an OTP. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that as well? If you're not taking into account the attack, when you try to access someone else's account, the profile then, which means you are creating an account. This means you're onboarding, registering to an online platform. And in that case, many online platforms require you use a phone number to verify yourself, obviously. This is like the easiest challenge to solve because there are numerous providers out there which can supply you with brand new and fresh phone numbers that you can receive SMS and can contain the OTP or the password you need to register to the site. You can use different apps like the Burner app, which you can download from Play Store or App Store, and some other apps, which just gives you a second number. They provide this for legitimate services. For example, you want to sell a car or something, you don't want to reveal your own phone number, and then you can get a second phone number, but also that can be used to just provide you a brand new phone number, which lets you do the accounting and create multiple accounts at the same time. We won't even go into the element of SMS, which I think in the last 24, 36 months, um, there's been well publicized that the actual messaging protocol of SMS has been shown to be exploitable. Um, we had uh, the SS7 uh, protocol displayed by the Berlin Hacking Group as unfortunately, if you're even a little bit savvy enough, you can you know, quite openly search for how to exploit uh, into, unfortunately, literally the SMS protocol itself. And so we won't even go into that, right? Actually, a very sophisticated network, but it's also been patched up. Companies talk with all the other companies that have had that exploit. Trilling a little bit further down, so we've seen a bit of an evolution of 2FA now. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on you know, some of the big tech companies, uh, Google and Apple, leading with their version of Apple ID and Google Authenticator. What do you as a, as a fraudster think when you come across those technologies? Is that a oh no moment? 
For us, nothing is a challenge we cannot solve, or if it's something like that, we're going to look for other opportunities out there because there are still a number of ways to do what we do. But I would say that it actually does make things harder for us, but at the same time, there are no systems you mentioned that are not exploitable. That is the nature of all OTPs. You enter a passcode somewhere, it can either come from your Google Authenticator or you can receive SMS, but in the end, if you're not tech-savvy enough and you enter into the wrong place because you believe that the site that you enter is legitimate and you think that you are the original site, and, you know, actually, this also leads to another topic with even more sophisticated phishing attacks. When you see a screen and you click on the screen and behind that screen, they use your click on a specific site. But you don't see which side you're on taking on and in that case, if someone is not aware of what they're clicking on the actual site, they're going to enter the passcode and it can be stolen and reused. So if you're a bank and then you're the merchant site, uh, one common complaint they have around uh, concern around adding these extra layers of security on one side is naturally introducing friction into any kind of UX with the end, you know, new, hopefully new customer. But at the same time, obviously, they're trying to add enough friction that they're deterring you, quite frankly. How, how, how do you think, you know, merchants, financial institutions should think about technologies like that, especially given that you kind of finished off the last section with, listen, it's technical. At the end of the day, you can find your way under it, over it, around the side of it. How should, you know, um, the other side think about security from friction point of view? It's a really good question. Obviously, no one likes friction. No one likes to go through multiple pages to finish a checkout process on an e-commerce site. So even this regulation has a huge impact on the user experience. So no one really likes to demand, really understood it, and it's more costly, as far as I know, for the banks to be able to get it. So I think that's how much they pay for those solutions the banks are going to get, because then I could just use some other payment. I think maybe the loss will not be even as high as how much it is due to the impact of the flow and the checkout experience or onboarding experience or the impact of what they're going through is really outweighed. I think the fraud-related problems are, in my opinion, mostly because there is just a tiny number of people who are very sophisticated, experienced, and they already have their own methods and tools. Anonymous G, that's not what these uh, CIOs want to hear when they're making their investments and their budgets. Uh, to hear those words, uh, that's uh, not good for them. So with the something you are element of authentication, and um, looking at technologies that now sound a bit futuristic in that they're able to look at your behavioral analysis uh, with that particular device, for instance, how you swipe a screen, how you move your cursor, how you type your typing speed. Is that from a form of authentication? And uh, is that the silver bullet that the security industry needs? Or how do you think about that as a fraudster? I would say that is the best practice available to prevent fraud. We all know this industry's tricks, and when we perform an accounting attack, we don't instantly do a lot of things at the same time. We know there should be different delays, time frames. Every fraud tries to mimic a real behavior, how a person would act, and that's what they use against the people with social engineering. So this is quite obvious, and in my opinion, it's also very hard to define someone based on how they score on a page or how they type. They're going to always have a lot of false positives, which can lead to a very bad user experience due to the numerous frictions. I would say it's really hard to solve is how you create a browser, a desktop profile that's undetectable as it's being manipulated. And as well, how do you find your victims? Essentially, how do you square this operation to not win once a day, but win once a minute? And that requires automation, which requires investment in technology and developing the tool set for an activity. 
You can scam someone once and do once a day, but the aim is to make the most money in the shortest time. So then you need to automate. And all these biometric behavior tools are also not bulletproof. So we can easily just simulate any kind of human-like activity with these platforms recognized as humans as us. I think I know where your answer might be with uh, our final, final question. <laughs> we always ask our guests um, on, the, on the show, um, listen, we're the cat and mouse podcast. And in the world of professional fraud fighter versus the full-time professional fraudster like yourself, who represents the cat and who represents the mouse and why to your mind? I would say we are the mouse because we're running away from the cat and the cat is obviously the team on the other side of the fence. The fraud investigators, analysts, fund managers, and the two providers, the banks, the payment gateways, laptops, and everyone else. So fraudsters will always be one step ahead because that's why they can make money out of scamming the providers. Anonymous Chief, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. At Seon, our whole startup is 100% focused on helping you, the hardworking fraud manager, fight fraud with tools that are intuitive and fully complement your existing risk tech stack. Check out our website where you can get started on a free trial and be up and running in 30 seconds or less.